You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Welcome to this episode of Connect. I'm Michael Rich, and I'm the Director of Communications for the Western North Carolina Conference. And today we're going to be talking with members of the Board of Laity of our conference about accountable discipleship and gracious accountability groups. Uh, We have Jane Wood, who is our conference lay leader, and Ron Ballard, who is the Blue Ridge District lay leader. And so welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. All right. So, Jane, tell us uh, about how gracious accountability became a focus for um, the Board of Laity this year. Well, as our Western North Carolina Board of Laity came together to set our ministry action plan, our focus for the 2016 quadrennium, the thing that we wanted to focus on was our ability to engage and equip the laity to be an active partner in the mission of the Western North Carolina Conference, which, of course, is to make disciples for Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. We decided that one of the key ways we could do that is to have very spiritually active, spiritually mature lay people who are prepared to lead and to serve in the church. And the way to best do that was a gracious accountability group. So we chose that as our actually number one focus. It's the one that got kicked off first as our way to impact the ministry across the conference. Okay. And so, Ron, you're basically heading up this uh, task force or group for the conference. Um, You wrote an article um, about a month ago for um, the conference website. It was in E! News. Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, that article. Give us a highlight of what was there. Well, what we want to start with, Mike, is um, why? Why would we be promoting a gracious accountability group model throughout our conference? Um, And I think we start with what does it mean to follow Jesus and listen to Jesus as disciples? And there are three passages in in Matthew that have been on my mind the last year or or two in regard to uh, my own walk with Christ. And the first is um, the, great, uh, the great commandment, the great commandment being love your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul from Matthew 22, and love your neighbor as yourself. So mm-hmm. we're called to love, and we're called in that discipleship to then take a look at Matthew 28, the Great Commission, where we're called at the end of Jesus' ministry, to go out into the world, to go and make disciples. Bring us back to discipleship. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be a disciple? Um, and then the third passage that, that speaks to me, and, and our, our friend Beth Chrisman yes. likes to, to say this is uh, Jesus' answer to the question we asked all of our teachers and professors in school. What will be on the final exam? What do I need to study for? Well, Jesus is telling us in Matthew 25, where he talks about separating the sheep from the goats, what will be on the final exam. Mm. So we are to care for those who are hungry and thirsty and need clothing and shelter, may need medical attention, visit those in prison, welcome the stranger. Wow, that's a lot of things. That's Mm. a lot of things to keep track of in the midst of our busy lives. I know it is for me. 
So I need a group that I can meet with on a regular basis, preferably weekly. I need a group that helps me stay focused on that, what's going to be on the final exam, loving my neighbors, making disciples. I need a group that calls me back to a covenant that we have agreed to together that keeps me focused on the big rocks, the big mm. things, the, you know, what Jesus is really saying to us in the scriptures. And that kind of a group that's um, encouraging and, uh, and gracious with me as I ask them to keep me accountable to my walk with Christ. Okay. Now, one of the things that I do know is that uh, the two of you have been in a, a group. Um, John Boggs has been a part of that, uh, Randy Harry and Beth Christman, as well as uh, uh, the CBSs. Correct. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Well, that group um, was, uh, was initiated by John and the leaders of our two districts so that we could live into um, what, is, what might this mean district-wide for our two districts, uh, Smoky Mountain and Blue Ridge. And what, would, what could we learn by experiencing it ourselves together so that we could um, relate to others around us that we meet um, a deeper meaning, uh, more than an intellectual meaning, but of how did it impact us mm. um, individually? So we met for um, a year. mostly a year, mm-hmm. and um, uh, sometimes by Zoom, and sometimes in person because we all, you know, two districts are pretty big. Right. And uh, coming together every week was a little more than we could expect from all of us. Mm. So, um, and uh, well, and I think one of the the major learnings for me uh, was to be able to contextualize some of the things that um, I've read about, um, but both to be biblically sound, but also to be sound in our Wesleyan tradition, um, and to learn how that translates um, into my life today, uh, to, because that's such a core part of being a Methodist, mm. um, is what, what Wesley taught us about our bands and, and about our class meetings, all of which are accountability groups. So a lot mm-hmm. of this is Wesleyan-rooted, um, and yet it is perfectly translatable into, as you said, our busy lives today to keep us centered and focused. Um, another thing that I had to get over, and I'll just be honest, was that phrase accountability. Um, sometimes I think we consider that to be punitive. This, this is not. It, it is in the most um, loving, trusting way uh, to, to create and be your true Christian self among this, this trusted group um, and to be to be vulnerable and to be open to their encouragement to say yes yes this is where you need to be spending your time and that is where you've discerned in prayer that you need to be so so to have that encouragement and that strength uh, for me were just transformative and this accountability that mm-hmm. we had with each other we asked for it wasn't oh. something that was external imposed upon each of us you would ask us to hold you accountable, and I would do the same to whatever that that leading edge that that of vulnerability hmm. that God hmm. where God is working on us and in us 
Yes. That we're asking to be held accountable mm-hmm. to be in that place. And and when these groups work well over time, that vulnerability is held very tenderly. Mm. That and that tenderness allows us to be um bold mm-hmm. in our vulnerability. Right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, tell us, um, what, what is the future? You wrote the article in May, and I know that the Board of Laity is rolling out some things. Tell, tell us, what, what does it look like for the next couple of months? What, what else is happening uh, with this initiative? Well, there'll be another article on the how and what uh, coming out in the coming weeks. Yeah. Um, and then there'll be a survey in late August uh, that will go out from the Board of Laity uh, to all of the uh, local churches in, throughout the conference. We want to know what's already happening amongst us. And we define uh, what, the, what do we mean by a, a gracious accountability group as opposed to other kinds of groups. Right. And that, so that survey will give us an indication of what's already happening amongst us. Um, and then from there, we can move uh, forward. Um, what we hope to hear are interesting stories as well as just who's doing what. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, why don't we take a break now, and then we'll come back, and, and we'll get into more of the details. So um, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Jane Boatwright-Wood, Conference Lay Leader, and with 30 exceptional folks representing 1,100 local churches and almost 300,000 lay members, I serve on the Board of Laity, where we encourage and equip laity in their understanding and appreciation of their role in the church. The laity are Christ's church in the community and the world. The laity are the primary way new folks get to know Christ in the United Methodist Church, and that's how we fulfill the mission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ and transform the world. The United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina is a ministry of the church for the church whose mission is to build the church for generations to come. We fulfill this vision by investing in people as well as helping churches and related institutions invest the financial resources that God has given to them. My name is David Snipes and we look forward to the day when you give your United Methodist Foundation a call. And you can learn more about the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina by going to our show's website, going to the sponsors page, and that is umconnect.info. And we're back with Jane Wood and Ron Ballard, and we're talking about accountability groups. Uh, Before the break, we talked about um, a survey. How is the um, Board of Laity going to use this information from the survey? Well, really in two ways. Uh, the first is the thing of the, about the gracious accountability groups is that regardless of the size of the church, this works, this can function. So we want to encourage every single church to get involved. And this is going to give us an initial baseline to say we're having more success in certain size groups, certain areas of the, of the conference, certain districts. Um, that gives us resources from which we can draw opportunities to, to work with other churches within the district. Um, the second thing is, as I said, it's a baseline. This will tell us if our, um, what shall I say, our wild goal, uh, it's a, it's a God-only goal, uh, that by the time we end this quadrennium, 80% 
of all of the local churches in the Western North Carolina Annual Conference will be celebrating at least one gracious accountability group in their local churches. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it gives us a place to plan. So we'll be able to know how many contacts and, and uh, speeches and, and interactions we'll be able, needing to do over the next three years. Okay, so 80% is roughly 850 churches. That's right. That is a big and wild goal. Isn't it? But hey, we've got 280,000 lay people in Western North Carolina. We can make this happen. That is right. So Ron, let's get into some of the specifics. Now, uh, you're writing another article about the, the, the what's and the how's. Let's talk about you know, how does it work? How do Because uh, it can't work uh, all size fits one. Uh, tell us how um, this works in a local church. Well, first of all, Mike... It's a big playing field. There are a lot of options, but it all comes back to a grounding. Mm -hmm. The playing field is big, but it does have boundaries, and the boundaries would be um, uh, we want to stay within that place where, number one, each group writes its own covenant or adopts a covenant already written. Mm -hmm. It could be something very simple, like how is it with your soul this Mm -hmm. week? The Wesleyan question from the old class meetings from sure. 200 years ago. Um, or it could be more specific. It could be a, uh, the general rule of discipleship, to witness to Jesus Christ in the world and to follow his teachings through acts of compassion, justice, worship, and devotion under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Or it could be a specific... Uh, Covenant, like in covenant discipleship groups, where you write a you write your own covenant that has elements of compassion, justice, worship, and devotion, and a preamble and a conclusion that that that, that pulls it all together. Sure, it could be an Emmaus group reunion that has a card, hmm. and they ask the questions of each other that are on the card. So this is a big playing field. Uh, a lot of ways to do it. Um, a class meeting, for instance, has a single leader, that, that model. Um, a covenant discipleship group has rotating leaders. So at the end of each meeting, you agree who's going to lead the next meeting. Uh, some churches use covenant discipleship groups as a collection of, of people who want to become class leaders. Mm. So it's the training ground, if you will, to be a leader of, a, of an, another group that they would start. Um, so there's a wide variety of options. And if someone was interested in asking me about how would they start it in their church, I would, ask, I would start by asking them questions about where you are on your journey now. What do you need as individually? And perhaps what does the preponderance of the congregation yearning for. Um, I don't believe uh, any if anywhere in the literature you can find where this kind of thing works for an entire worshiping congregation. Right. People are at different places of their journey. Um, I sort of think of this as the back porch mm. of God's house. If the front porch is things like Fresh Expressions and Haywood Street and other kinds of welcoming to the to the world 
uh, and the house is all of the rooms where all kind of exciting ministry is happening with children and music and all kinds of stuff. The back porch is where we might gather to go deeper, to to really be in that safe place, that place we talked about earlier about uh, holding open our vulnerability mm-hmm. to the balm of Gilead, that, mm. that place of healing where God is working on us, that place where we can be um, our authentic selves, including all of our foibles and, and warts and everything. Mm. And and that place where it's not the front porch, it's a little more secluded, mm. and it's a little more confidential, and it's safer. Mm. Uh, of course, in that model of the house of God, we'd also hope a bunch of us are not in the house. We're out in the in the mission field doing things around the world. Sure. But but if that that model of a house kind of works for me, that that back porch, that back porch, that that place of uh, going deeper is something that I need right now in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's an exciting place for me to be. Okay. One, one of the things, and, and you've explained this to me before, Ron, so let's, let's look at that. But it helped me to know what an accountability group isn't because I had to learn that distinction. Um, thank, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, an accountability group is not a Bible study or an adult Sunday school class or a fellowship group. Or, or, and it's also not a group that meets and checks the box in a mechanical way. That, oh, what, did we do that? Did we do that? Did we? It's a story-based uh, sharing. Not that Bible studies or adult Sunday school classes are, are bad. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm in them. <laughs> I enjoy my Sunday school class. I, I enjoy having participated in and, and led Disciple Bible. I enjoyed those things, and I will continue to read. And But I need a place, personally, I need a place where I can go and, and I can't use something external, even the Bible, as a crutch to avoid talking about the state of my own soul. Hmm. This week, right now, today, not some future hope. But today, how is my walk with God going right now? And I know that those in my group will hold that. They'll celebrate with me when I'm celebrating, and they'll yearn with me for some healing when I'm not doing so well. Okay. That sounds great. Now, one of the things that you told me just before we started was um, you're going to be uh, changing roles. You're not going to be the district uh, lay leader anymore. Um, you've got just a few more weeks to do that. Uh, you're going to take on this role uh, full-time as a, quote, volunteer. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, yeah, Beth and I have talked about me uh, transitioning out of the role of district lay leader and into a role that is solely focused, laser-focused, on a Wesleyan discipleship. And uh, the, the, the working title for this is Encourager of Wesleyan Discipleship. Now, what does that mean? I, I think we get to live into that together. As a, as a conference, we get to live into that together. What, is that. what does that mean? Maybe that title even works for the Board of Laity. But... but more than, hmm, 
you know, the title is, is only what a title is. Right. Uh, it's a calling. It's a place of um, deep yearning uh, for us to be uh, remembering what our, our ancestors learned from, our Wesleyan roots, our DNA, is, is in these kind of groups. The, the movement in England to revitalize the Church of England and that grass fire of Wesleyan uh, movement across uh, North America was really based on lay-led accountability groups. They called them class meetings, they called them uh, bands and societies, but um, that place where, um, that back porch, if you will, where we can be um, comfortable in leaning into where God is calling us. Okay. So I can be safe to assume that you're going to be our go-to person for the Board of Laity and for the conference when this all kicks off and we get more information out to local churches Ron Ballard's the guy I'm going to call and get the information. Thank you. All right. You betcha. (laughs) Well, that sounds great. Well, we'll call this a stopping place, but it's not going to be an ending place because we're going to continue to talk about how the Board of Laity and the conference can work together to to make this happen because that is a wild goal, but it's doable. It absolutely is. All right. Well, thanks, both of you, for being on the show, and thanks for listening. And we're going to be back again talking about the stories of United Methodist and how we work together. Thanks to our sponsors, the Western North Carolina Conference and the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina. Find out more about them at our show's website, umconnect.info. You've been listening to Connect.